Hello, and welcome to Cat the Baker. I'm Chef KB. I had this episode all planned out with Peru. I know, I know, I know. But happy belated Thanksgiving. <laughs> I wanted to talk about it because I was working, of course, because that's what happens when you work in a hotel. And for the holidays, you make everything for everybody else, except for yourself. So Thanksgiving was pretty crazy, and just the prep for it. You know, for the breakfast was super busy, so we had to get all these different items. So we started this new program in the lobby for breakfast pastries, which we make in-house. So we make different Danish types, we make different bread types so that they can do sandwiches. We make donuts, we make these cylindrical croissants, we make fresh croissants, almond croissants, chocolate croissants, and different kinds of muffins, and a couple types of cookies. Of course, you know, I have a couple of gluten-free options, but because it's a hotel, there's people that are expecting vegan options too. And I'm like, well, you're not gonna get a croissant. You can't have a vegan croissant. I mean, maybe it's out there, I don't even know, but croissants are made with butter. That's how you get the layers is the different layers in between the dough with butter. That's why they puff up and you can see all the layers. So yes, there's always vegan things to deal with, but I feel like if you're vegan, if you're vegan, you can't expect to have a croissant. Maybe I can make you a vegan donut. So there's that. We've been making all that fresh and I have two people, one that comes in at 3 a.m and one that comes in at either 4 or 5 a.m., like just crazy early. And now it's snowing out, so everything's slippery. Today is negative 10 degrees Celsius, which is 20 degrees Fahrenheit. It's super cold, but at least the skies are blue. And then we're dealing with breakfast. So we have to make items for that and fresh breads and and then we have to prep for the Thanksgiving buffet dinner. So but I was expected to make 12 different dessert items. It's all buffet style. Among that, there was gingerbread cheesecake. There was a double chocolate caramel tart. There was a banana cake, cranberry cake. There was an eggnog panna cotta topped with poached pear. So there was pumpkin pie, apple pie, which they were the two favorites sugar cookies, and I can't even think anymore. I can't even think of all the other items. But myself and my team, we prepped everything, and the day of was super stressful because we had to get everything. Like, everything was already made. We just had to cut it, plate it, decorate it. And then everything looks beautiful, and then the chef goes out, and he's like, where's the whole cake? I'm like, what whole cake? There's no whole cake. Like, there's 12 items. There's no whole cake. Why do you want a whole cake? Like, it's buffet style. Like, I get he wants, like, a wow factor. But it's like, you can grab all these little desserts on your plate. Also, he literally okayed the 12-item menu back in... Where are we? Like, he okayed it back in, like, September. And now, the day of... He's not happy with it. You know, we had an ice sculpture with all this seafood around it. 
We had salad station, bread station with the breads that we made. We had ham. We had turkey. We had prime rib. Like, you name it, everything. I mean, it was $190 per person for an adult. But that night, we made 47000 like the hotel, which was the highest they'd ever made for Thanksgiving. Of course, the dessert station was way in the back of the whole room. So me and my team had to keep running, you know, to the very back to refill. Because you can't, like people demolish the plate and you can't just let it become empty. So you have to go to the back and keep refilling. But the plates are heavy. So anyway, after that whole day, my body just ached. It was a lot. It was stressful and kind of depressing, too, to just work every single holiday. I know I probably talked about this last year, but it's definitely very challenging. And I'm not expecting things to be easy. Maybe if I were doing it for my own place. And first of all, if I had a cafe, I probably wouldn't be open Thanksgiving Day. It's like I would probably give my staff a day to be with their families. As I was running back and forth, bringing out these desserts, I was thinking, do these people think about the staff? Like, do they think, oh, today's a holiday, I have off, but everybody around me is working? Like, do you ever think about that when you go somewhere on a holiday? I don't know, probably not. These people probably don't think about it. But I was wondering, I wonder if they realize how hard everyone is working. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. And then I kept running by, you know, the chef with all these plates and like stressing and all of my team was there and they were like laughing and, you know, having a good time in the kitchen. And I'm like, okay, focus, let's go. Like, I felt like I was being the Grinch, which of course that's, you know, I'm a manager, so I kind of have to be, I keep everybody in line. And then I kept walking by the chef and he was just talking, laughing, and I don't know, I got really annoyed. I just got really annoyed. So there were two seatings for Thanksgiving. One was earlier, there were a lot of kids, and then another one was around 8.30. When I left, I was just so tired. I got home, I took a shower and just went to bed, you know? like. When you work that hard, and also, like, I prepped a week to two weeks in advance to start making all these items. I mean, there are 12 different items. It's not something that you just make the day before. Along with having regular service, you know, for dessert items. Because also that night, there was a buffet going on, the Thanksgiving buffet. But at the bar, there was traditional food and desserts and I guess because it was a holiday everybody wanted more dessert so it was kind of chaotic in the pastry kitchen and again I always get this mentality from savory chefs that oh pastry is so easy oh you just mix it together you you can't just make this right away I'm like no (laughs) and I just felt like the last few days I've been really short with everybody And maybe I'm like that all the time. I don't know, because people keep running in. They see me and then they run out again. And then my staff like just laughs. And then they say, chef, you're only good to us. You're like mean to everybody else. 
And I don't know about that, but I just want people to get to the point. Like, I'm busy. People come in when they want something. That's the only reason they're there. I'm in the very back of the kitchen. Nobody cares about pastry unless they want something. And the only reason they want something is because a guest is unhappy and the sugar rush is supposed to make them feel better and forget about whatever they're complaining about. And there's always a lot of complaints about everything. It's crazy. Like I've said, I only ever hear about the complaints, not about the good things. When somebody walks in, they're like, hi, chef, how are you? And I'm like, hello, what do you need? <laughs> and I don't think that's rude. It's just to the point. I mean, maybe it is rude because in the U.S., typically when you go to a place, to a store, wherever, people, their first thing they say for the employees are like, hello, how are you? And then I'm like, hello, I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> and this doesn't happen in Europe. You know, in Europe, you're greeted like, hello, like formally. And then they just ask, what is it I can help you with? You know, or, but maybe I should say that. Maybe it's, what is it I can help you with? <laughs> Does that sound better? I get all these people walking in and it's usually in clusters. Like everybody wants something. And then I start getting impatient. You know, on top of it, I have to do all these other things for the buffet and whatever else to prep. And, and yes, I have a staff, but everybody's doing something, you know, and I have to make sure everybody's busy and doing everything. But needless to say, it's a lot. And if you work in a kitchen, if you're a chef, if you're a pastry chef, I mean, it's a lot, you know, and the holidays are a lot for everybody, except for people who don't work in a kitchen. The buffet was over and people just attack the buffet. Like it starts to look messy, powdered sugar goes everywhere, and then we have to like clean the tablecloths. Most of the time people are very unaware. If they've never worked in a restaurant or as a server or anything, most people are very unaware of how it works, of the process. Everyone just assumes it's easy. You know, I don't assume that an office job is easy. I don't know. I've never worked in an office. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But the thing is, every job has its challenges. Every department in the hotel has its challenges. And I get that. So Thanksgiving was over. Next day I woke up, like everything was cracking. My whole body, I had to go into work again. And it was pretty busy the next day with people ordering desserts and things like that. So we had to make sure the menu items on the dessert were prepped, like the usual. Finally today, like three days after Thanksgiving, I'm off and I decided to have my own Thanksgiving and have a couple people over that work in a hotel and the kitchen. Because when a hotel is open, unless you work in the office, nobody else gets off. You know, everyone has to be there. And that's also frustrating because they changed how they give holidays in the hotel. Because if you're a manager, typically you had 30 days to take a day off, like to take your Thanksgiving, for example, and you could take it within that time frame. But the thing is, the holidays and January, the winters here in Aspen are the most popular. This is a holiday season, so then the managers tend to take off when it's the busiest because you only have 30 days. You have to take it in that time frame. But accounting has changed the whole system. And every week you work, you get two point something hours, you know, and it goes into your sick pay. Technically, 
there's holiday pay too, but they put that into your sick pay. So I used up all my days for when I went to Peru. So now I have to work to get a day. You know, I, I have to request it once I have accumulated it, which is like after a month, basically, I get a day. So that is super depressing because you've got Thanksgiving, you've got Christmas, you've got New Year's. I mean, technically, I should have like three days, but I don't. Like now I have to work like three months to be able to use three days. Maybe the older I'm getting, the grumpier I'm getting, like, I get it. When I see grumpy old people, now I'm like, I understand. I understand why you're grumpy. For the Thanksgiving today, I have sweet potatoes creamed. I have cornbread. I have turkey. I have collard greens. I have mac and cheese. I have salad. Like, it's, it's a full thing, you know, and pecan pie. It was just nice to wake up today and have a day off which made me super happy. It's just a lot of work, especially in December, a lot of events, so I'm dreading the next month. I think it's also hard to have all these national holidays and not be with my family. You know, before, it wasn't as big of a deal if I was with them or not, because we were all somewhere else and this is a big country. But after my mom died, it just means a lot more to be able to spend it with my family. So my dad visited my two brothers in Seattle and they all had Thanksgiving together. And I don't know, I felt like, oh, this is kind of sad. I'm like the odd one out, you know? And if I did have it off, I feel like I totally would be there too. And on top of that, you know, the chef creates menus for desserts and doesn't even talk to me about it. I happened the next day after Thanksgiving to think, oh, let me print up all the menus for all the events so that I can start preparing and planning. And then I see there are menus that I wasn't even told about and desserts were just planned for me. And some of them are ridiculous. So there's this apple confit. Maybe you've heard of confit, but basically it's something that is cooked like low and slow. Typically, for savory side, it's cooked in like an oil or, or clarified butter or something like that. And typically with the meats. But there's this apple confit and you mandolin these apples. So they're very, very thin. And you do about, I don't know, 30 layers of apples like in this dish. You butter the sides and you make this honeycomb candy. You put it in the RoboCoop so you have honeycomb dust. <laughs> It's literally called honeycomb dust. And between each layer of apples, you sprinkle in some honeycomb dust. So everything starts to caramelize. You have about 30 layers of apples and you cover it in foil and you put it in the oven, like 300, very low for about three hours, <laughs> three to four hours, okay? So I don't know why, but the chef, loves, loves apple confit. And it's just apples, you know? Like, I don't know. I think there's there are better apple dishes out there, like better apple desserts. But he's obsessed with this. He's obsessed with it. And, and he started last year. And last year we had to make it 
like I hid the recipe just to get it out of sight because it it like really aggravated me because it's just so much work. And yes, I give this at one of my people, but it's like you still take up the oven for four hours while I have all these other things to do. And then, you know, if you steam creme brulee. So this year I have this specialty catalog from this company called AUI. And I saw like a powdered creme brulee where you heat it on stovetop, you add cream, and then you pour it into the container. You don't have to steam it. I haven't tried it yet. I don't know how it tastes, but I'm like, okay, maybe this is a better way to go. Like if I have 400 people on one day in one room, I have a hundred people event on the same day in another room. I mean, how am I supposed to prep? If I have 20 people, maybe, you know, but I have five. So how is that supposed to work? And then everybody needs days off. So it's crazy. Like everything's just so crazy. And then the chef is like, don't buy too many things because we need to limit our spending. Hello, there's like so many events. I have to buy things, which is crazy. So anyway, he wants his apple confit for this event. And there's a hundred people. On this dessert menu, he wrote on the same dish, he wants two frozen items, an apple sorbet and cardamom ice cream. And I'm like, this is plated for a hundred people. Why are you making it hard for me? Like last minute. If I put this ice cream on the plate, by the time the servers bring it to the guests, and my freezer is not that great. Like, it's very rarely minus. I'm like, I feel like you're just sabotaging me at this point. <laughs> and you didn't even tell me about this menu. You didn't even ask. Like, why do you have a pastry chef if you're just deciding things? Like, are you power tripping? Or is it a male-female thing? Like, do you see me as less than in the kitchen because I'm female? I don't know for sure, but... Sometimes I feel that way because he doesn't plan these things for the male chefs, you know? And then the typical excuse is, oh, you were off. I'm like, I'm here like almost every day and everyone has two days off. Can we not discuss this? Can we not plan this together? And I brought this up last year and it keeps happening. And it's so, so frustrating. Why do you have a pastry chef if you don't want my ideas? Every kitchen has pros and cons. I get that. And a lot of kitchens don't even have pastry chefs anymore because they just order everything in instead of making things there. Like most everything that we have in the kitchen, we make from scratch, including now all the breads. Like it's crazy. Like literally from 3 a.m. till almost midnight, there's always somebody in pastry. So you just have three hours in between where there's nobody. Like all day something is happening. So yes, I'm not saying that somewhere else it may be better. Like throughout my career, every kitchen I've worked in, there's always been something and there's always challenges with executive chefs. And maybe they've worked in pastry throughout their career for like two to three months if you're lucky. And if they've done that, then all of a sudden they think they can do everything. I'm like, okay. You don't know these techniques. Don't even give me that arrogance and attitude. Every place I've worked, the chef has this crazy attitude and arrogance. 
Maybe that's just part of being a chef. I don't know. I don't feel I have that. Maybe I have attitude because I just want people to leave me alone in pastry. But at the end of the day, I'm still like civil. I mean, I think I am. This goes back to when I first auditioned for like a chef show. I forget the name of it. It wasn't Top Chef. It was something else. And I got through all these interviews, like three rounds of interviews. And then there's this panel and they ask me, would people you work with consider you to be a bitch? And I'm like, what? You're asking if I'm a bitch? <laughs> and then they're like, yes. And, and I know I've talked about this before. And I would say definitely yes. <laughs> like, if people run into the kitchen, they see me, and then they run back out, I would say yeah. They probably feel that way. Even though, why is it just because I do my job... Why am I all of a sudden a bitch? Whereas a male chef, that's just the way he is. That's accepted. Like, what is that? I remember my first Thanksgiving. We were living, me and my family, or my family and I, to be correct, grammatically. We were living in England. And my dad had applied for the visa, my mom and everything. And he was supposed to work in the area of Chicago. So we were invited by the boss of this company. We were invited to their Thanksgiving, which is outside of Chicago. We just thought it was so weird because, you know, obviously Thanksgiving is an American holiday. We just were used to Christmas Eve, Christmas, and in England you have Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas. And then New Year's Eve is a huge deal in Europe. And then that's when you have all your fireworks and you go outside and the minute it's New Year's Day, you know, you see all these fireworks no matter where you are. And then you have New Year's Day. And in Europe, holidays are big. You know, usually you don't work the day before or the day after a holiday. And if the holiday falls on a Friday, people start working on Thursday, and then there's a weekend, and then they might start that Monday. Like any excuse to extend the holiday. And, and then everything just shuts down. So if there's a holiday, like especially in Germany, the day before a holiday, or even the previous day, before the day of the holiday, all the stores will close at 3 or 4 p.m. You know, and then everybody has the holiday. You know, so nothing is open. And I don't know how it is in hotels. Like, I would think that's probably different because you have guests. Like, I've never been anywhere else on a holiday at a hotel. Wait, I take that back. I have been. This is when we visited Miami from England. My family planned this whole trip, and we were actually in Miami for Christmas. And we were at a hotel. So I take that back. But that was in the U.S., you know, so I don't know. I've never stayed at a hotel in Europe during a holiday. So I don't know. But I'm, I guess it's still open. But anyway, we flew to Chicago and then they had us over. Traditionally, in England, you have a turkey for Christmas. And then in Germany, for Christmas, you typically have duck. And then for New Year's, you have like a herring salad, which sounds weird, but it actually tastes really good. My mom would make this really good herring salad, almost like a sweet-sour kind of flavor because there's vinegar in there, but also sour cream. I don't know, it's, it's traditional, but it's, it's really good. So we're at their house, and it's this huge house. I mean, houses in the U.S. are huge in comparison to houses in Europe. 
I mean, I'm sure you can have a big house in Europe, but just regular people don't have big houses the way they are here. Like here, the kitchen is huge. You've got a dining room and a living room, whereas in England, it's pretty much like in one room. And then you might have like three bedrooms, one bathroom and one toilet like downstairs. Comparatively, the houses are typically bigger here when you own a house. But in England, there are brick houses versus here, it's like wood. They're built a lot faster, but they don't keep the heat in as well or the heat out, you know, in the summer, which is why when you have a fire in a house in the U.S., like it burns down super fast and then only like the fireplace is left. Whereas in Europe, you still have the house because it's made of brick. So anyway, we were in this big house and it was it was huge, you know, so all the food was made, but it wasn't like kept warm. And I kept looking at my mom because she freaks out if her food's not hot. Like all this food started getting cold and they had all these dishes. And for us, Thanksgiving wasn't a holiday. You know, we'd never experienced it before. My brother asks if he can use the microwave. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, what's my brother doing? And then the wife of like the boss was like, yeah, it's just in the kitchen, you know. So he heated up his food. And then my mom went as well and heated up our food. And like, because by the time we actually sat down, everything was cold. So that was the first Thanksgiving. And then when we actually moved here, we started celebrating it only because everybody else was. So sometimes my mom would make a ham and then we'd have turkey for Christmas. And then we'd never really had stuffing. Like that's totally like an American thing is typically you put stuffing in the turkey and it gets like all this flavor from the juices of the turkey. But here you just make it on the side and it's just a side. But then it's just super carby and it fills you up super fast. And then when I ended up going to high school here, I learned what's really behind Thanksgiving. You know, and obviously Christopher Columbus came and discovered America. Meanwhile, there's so much torture and tragedy behind it. But like with every colonization, like no matter where in the world, the natives that live anywhere get screwed. You know, and I saw that in Peru. Today I woke up and I went to body pump. I've never done it on a Sunday because normally I'm not off on Sundays. And the class was packed, you know, and in Aspen there's a lot of old people. But they're on top of it. Like they're pretty fit. If you see an old person in Aspen, you can't think they're out of shape. Because pretty much if you live in Aspen, you're probably skiing or hiking. You know, you're very active. And it was the same when I was in Switzerland. Like the people there, the older people are very active and they're always hiking, they're climbing the mountains, like it's normal. And it's the same here. Most of the class was, I don't know, between like 50 to 75, maybe 80. That's pushing it. I don't know. <laughs> you know, and body pump is harder if you use heavier weights. You don't have to use heavy weights and then it's a little easier, you know, but obviously you're there for a reason. It's harder if you use heavier weights. So I invited a friend to come with me because I thought, okay, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go to body pump today. <laughs> and it was a super like challenging class, you know, because I could totally feel it in my body just because I've been standing so much. And Thanksgiving, I worked 12 hours. Like that's basically one and a half days of work. Do I get extra time or vacation? No, no, I don't. 
So I invited my friend, and she had never been to Body Pump before, but she sees all these old people, and she assumes it's easy. So we're starting, and she looks at me like, what's going on? <laughs> She's like, I thought it would be easy. I was like, what? Why? Why do you think it's going to be easy? She's like, there's all these old people here. And then <laughs> I didn't even notice, but I was doing some exercise, like the whole class is doing exercise, and I guess I was yawning. But I didn't notice, you know, and it's not like, not that I'm bored or anything. Like, I guess my brain just needed more oxygen. <laughs> so she starts laughing because, like, it's challenging and I'm yawning. But I don't know, like, <laughs> but it was just so funny because it's such a good workout. It works your whole body. And it's not an easy class. It's not meant to be, you know, and usually I do this twice a week before I go to work. And then I do, like, a 10-hour day. So we finished with body pump, and then I went home and prepped for my friend's giving. It's my day off, so I decided I want to enjoy like a real day with friends and not just work every day. So I made all these different sides with collard greens, cornbread, pecan pie, cranberry sauce, mac and cheese from scratch. None of that fake yellow American cheese sauce. And then I had some friends come over, and it was really nice. You know, it was just nice to relax and take some time with friends and enjoy the day. So that's one holiday over. Next thing is the whole of December with all these events and snow polo. So here they have snow polo, which is polo, but in the snow. You hit a ball and it's regular polo players on horses and they hit a ball in the snow. And then what happens is all the bougie people watch this, kind of, but at the same time, they also eat all the food that the hotel makes for them to eat. By that, I mean what I make, <laughs> as well as the rest of the kitchen. So again, a chef decided my menu instead of me, and they're Mexican churros, well, excuse me, Spanish churros, which is crazy because I have to pre-deep fry it and then keep it in a hot box, but then it's gonna get soggy. So the thing is, it's called common sense, right? Like, I don't know, when I plan a menu, I think about the equipment I have, how I can do it best, not what's hardest for me, yet still make it elegant and nice. But when somebody else plans my menu, that's not what happens. It's always the most impractical thing Nobody says anything. You know what I mean? Like, like you'd think being a chef that you would know this, that you would think ahead. Because unless I have a deep fryer there, because snow polo happens outside, there are tents. So unless they set up a kitchen for me with a deep fryer, which seems highly unlikely, I don't know, it's a bad idea. But I'm like, okay, I guess. I guess we'll see how this goes. Um, so yeah, we have snow polo, it's two days of that. And then there's all kinds of food that we prepare. And then the following week is Christmas. So we have a Christmas Eve dinner plated. We have a Christmas buffet. We have a New Year's Eve dinner. And then every day there's all these events. So if, if parties are staying for multiple days, then we have breakfast events as well as dinner events and lunch events, you know, so 
that in itself is a lot. But on top of that, we have a breakfast buffet. We have the items that we sell for breakfast in the bar. And then we have a tree lighting on December 16th. On the same day that we have a snow polo, one of the snow polo days, where basically everyone from the town comes for free to the hotel and they watch the tree lighting, which is usually sponsored by like a high-end brand. I guess the hotel doesn't want to deal with setting up the Christmas tree, so they have companies do it and put it up and they can put their name all over it. So I think this year it might be Gucci. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I have to make all these cookies, which thankfully, because I think ahead, right? I planned for these cookies like before we closed and I put them in the freezer. So we had to make 400 sugar cookies in the shape of a Christmas tree. And we also made like 300 molasses cookies. But all of these are free for everyone who shows up along with blue vine and hot chocolate. Hopefully I can make it through and talk about it on the other side. The thing is when I came back from Peru, I felt like I needed a vacation from the vacation. I guess I'll talk more about that because I have a couple episodes on Peru. I just felt like if I talk about Thanksgiving in like a month, nobody cares about it, right? And then this whole chef's planning my menu thing is very frustrating to me. So maybe this is my way of just getting it out. I did actually talk to the chef today and I kind of confronted him on that. I don't appreciate him not discussing the menus with me. And then he said, everyone was off. It's like the usual response. He's like, I have nothing against planning menus with you. He's like, I just had to send something back. So this is what I wrote. And I said, well, why do you have two frozen items on the dish? And he said, well, this is the way I've done it before, and I like it. And I said, well, do you think it's good to have two frozen desserts on the plated menu? Don't you think it's going to look bad by the time the guest gets it, or there's more chances of it looking bad? He's like, well, I don't think so. He's like, it's only 100 people. It's easy. I was like, yes, but I don't have a freezer that works great. Like, it's just not practical. I said, can I change one frozen item? So I'm changing it to a cardamom mousse in a swirl mold shape versus a cardamom ice cream. So that's the only thing he let me change. Everything else is the same. He's so fixated on this apple confit. And I tasted it today because we made some a few days ago. And it tastes like fancy applesauce. Except it's not sauce. It's like, you know, 12 layers of thinly sliced apples. Luckily, though, the kitchen has a tool which I just discovered. It's a KitchenAid attachment, and you put the fruit or the vegetable on the attachment, and it turns it and cuts it at the same time. So that's like one bonus. That's nice. But other than that, he said he's so willing to change things, but then he didn't let me change anything except for one item. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Just send me good thoughts that I make it through December into January. <laughs> and I got my ski pass, so hopefully I find the time to be able to ski. So I have something that I want to share. Some close friends know about it. And I'm not saying this is like, gonna go anywhere maybe it won't maybe it will but I'm going to send out 
some voiceover samples. I mean, I've been doing this podcast for a year now, and I thought, why not? You know, I have nothing to lose. So I figure, why not? And that's the thing. Whenever you want to try something or have a feeling that something feels good, just go for it. What's holding you back? You know, in the end, nothing will happen. And if something does happen, who knows? You know, you're just opening yourself up to a new opportunity. The reason I want to do it is because I've always loved acting and it's something I've never planned to stop. You know, it's just life happens and situations happen. I've basically made this huge circle all the way around that took 20 years. And in the middle of it, pastry happened and culinary school and this whole other life. But my goal has always been along the way, especially the last few years, to merge that together somehow. I'm not 100% sure of how that happens or how that will be, but I figure I'm just gonna send something out and see what happens. So I figure since you're listening to my podcast, I have some loyal listeners and some of my episodes have over 300 downloads, which is a lot for me. But since I have you listening to my random stories every other week, there must be something that you're interested in. So yeah, I wanted to share with you that I'm going to try something else. And hopefully in some way, things will merge, you know, and I figure to do that in the new year. I guess that's my New Year's resolution. But the one thing I've always been big on is never giving up. If anything, life has taught me to just keep going and to do what you're passionate about. Number one, I'll always be passionate about pastry, but at the same time I'm passionate about acting and voiceover and that side of things too. And that's not crazy. You know, everyone has multiple things that we're passionate about. The thing is, how do you merge it? How do you start it back up again or just start it? If you're passionate about something and you're scared or you're not sure how to start something, like I feel like if it's important to you and you start thinking about it more and more and more, other ideas will occur. But I hope everyone listening had a great Thanksgiving. And if you are working in the kitchen or the hotel industry or the hospitality industry, I hope you had some time to also catch up with your friends and family, at least, and enjoy some good food. At least the hotel gave me this turkey. So they gave everyone in the hotel that wanted one working there a free turkey. And I can't say no to free things. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll take the turkey. (laughs) I don't know when I'm going to bake it, but yeah, I'll do it. But it came out great. This way I got to spend some time with some friends. So happy belated Thanksgiving. And I was even able to put up my Christmas tree, which is a pre-lit small tree. But I have all these decorations on there, which are donuts, all types of desserts. I have cotton candy. I have an ice cream sundae. I have a KitchenAid mixer. I have a pizza. Like I have all these ornaments, which made me so happy, because also I've had so many ornaments in storage for about eight years, because they were in storage in Arizona. 
So this is the first time I got to see them all again since I lived in Palm Springs, which is 10 years ago. So it gave me all these flashbacks and then I forgot I had them, like certain ones. So it made me super happy, which is nice. It's nice to be happy from unexpected things. Here's wishing everyone a safe start to the winter and good thoughts and prayers if you work in the hospitality industry. Thank you so much for listening to an episode of Cat the Baker. Until next time, I'm Chef KB.